Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Welcome into episode 54 of the Leaning into Leadership podcast. My guest on the show today is John Van Dusen. John is currently an 8th grade U.S. history teacher in Kingsford, Michigan. He also serves as a junior varsity football coach, and he's an instructor in the United States Army Reserves, where he teaches Army majors master's level courses as part of their professional military education. John is also the author of the book Lesson One, which is a fantastic leadership book. You'll hear John talk about that about winning the Instructor of the Year competition and some things he does in his classroom to really get students dialed in on building their own leadership skills. We'll get to that and so much more right on the other side of these messages. Leaders, your educators deserve to have a leader who believes in them, who supports them, and who lifts them up when they're down. Right now, they deserve that reminder that they are traveling their own road to awesome. On that road to awesome, we focus on the things we can control and we let go of the things we can't. On that road to awesome, we rise by lifting others, not by pushing each other down. And on that road to awesome, we change the world one conversation at a time. Leaders, I want to work with your schools. I want to work with you and your educators to lift them up, to honor the work they do, and to let them know they are not in this alone. Let's get together. Let's have a conversation. Let's get your teachers back on that road to awesome, to find that love, to find that clarity, and to walk in their purpose. Reach out to us at roadtoawesome.net for your opportunity to bring Road to Awesome to your school. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. All right, John, welcome into the Leaning into Leadership podcast. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've known each other for a while, but first time to have you on the podcast. So so welcome, my friend. Yes, thank you for having me. I feel like it's been a long time coming, but finally able to make it happen. Well, you know, I mean, you're busy with, you know, coaching football and, you know, you just went through this, this whole competition thing for the, you know, for the instructor of the year. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so yeah, you've been a little bit busy this fall. Just a little bit. <laughs> but that's all right. So real quick, before we dive into any of that kind of stuff, just for my listeners who maybe don't know who you are, just a quick intro, you know, tell them who John Van Dusen is. Sure. So I'm John Van Dusen, and I live in Kingsford, Michigan. That's in the Upper Peninsula, about nine hours away from Lansing, if you're familiar with Michigan, uh, hour and a half north of Green Bay. And I teach eighth grade U.S. history at Kingsford Middle School. I also am the head junior varsity football coach for Kingsford High. I am also in the Army Reserves, where I'm an instructor for the Command and General Staff College. And that has taken me kind of all over, but it's been a lot of fun. 
Uh, I joke with my wife that I'm not in the army anymore. I strictly just teach master's level classes and, uh, and it's a riot. I live right here in Kingsford, just across from the football field with my wife and uh, my son from a previous marriage. That's awesome. Uh, so, um, man, so much there that, that I want to try to unpack really quick. Don't forget also that you're the author of the book Lesson, uh, Lesson One, so, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, of course, uh, as well. So, so let's go back really quick to, yeah, this busy fall that you just had. So yes, you're coaching football and, and you're doing, you know, doing the, uh, army instructing work, which, which I think is super cool. Um, let's just, let's just kind of unpack what does, what does the fall look like for you? I, I know you're super busy. So the fall starts in about July for me. Um, <laughs> I, I say that jokingly, but you know, football, in 2022 is really a more of a full-time gig than it's not. Um, so August 8th or 9th, somewhere in that region, we start two-a-day practices. Here at Kingsford, we still do two-a-days. Um, so that eats up a ton of time in the first two weeks. You can basically just get what you need done around the house or whatnot in that, that space in between practices. After two-a-days are done, usually we're moving right into school so then it's a standard, you know, seven till three type of workday, tack on an extra two, two and a half hours at the end for practice and film and whatnot. So that's, that's pretty much the fall. And then I also have to sprinkle in my army instructing work, which right now it takes me to Fort McCoy, Wisconsin on a Friday night before drill. Um, so being the JV coach, that wasn't too big of a deal last year when I was coaching varsity, that was a huge deal. Um, but it's only it's only a month or two where that's an issue. And then I go to Fort McCoy one weekend a month and I teach all day Saturday, teach all day Sunday, drive home and then Monday morning, do it all over again. So, yeah, you're definitely definitely a busy busy guy. So, so here, here on the, on the podcast, you know, one of the things, John, that, that I've been really working intentionally to do and a big part of why I wanted to have you on aside from just, I know you're going to be a great guest is I love to look at leadership from outside of the school. Now, yes, you're, you're a teacher and you're a coach, but you have that military background element as well. And, um, you know, to me, great leadership is great leadership. It just maybe happens in different contexts. So obviously, you know, you wrote the book lesson one, it is an absolute leadership book. It's a dynamite book. We'll talk about it more, uh, here in, in just a couple of minutes, but let's, let's kind of go, go back to that place with, with the military leadership and maybe, I don't know, tell a little bit maybe of your military story if you want to, but more let's, let's kind of get into maybe some lessons learned or, or some leadership elements from, from John, from major Van Dusen. Sure. And, um, I think first I'll start off by saying the military is very good at educating their leaders on leadership at every step. Once you become a leader, whether that's enlisted or as an officer, every time you take the next step, there's another requirement for you to take a leadership style class. So, uh, you know, when you become a sergeant, there's a school you go to to kind of learn how to be a sergeant. And when you become a captain, there's a captain's career course and it's all the way through the line. So that's the first thing that I think 
the military really invests a lot of time and money in is developing those leaders, not just putting you in the role because, uh, you know, you see sometimes in business or whatnot here, you're the manager because you were the best widget maker we had. And that's, that's setting someone up for failure. If you're not also going to train them how to lead. Uh, and I think the biggest lesson learned would be you don't know everything. And I've listened to a couple podcasts, uh, yours being one of them, John Rennie's being another one, where they talk specifically about that. I'm the leader. I'm supposed to know what to do. But that is not the case. And I would argue when you come in as a second lieutenant into a platoon, you're, you might be younger than most of your platoon members, and you for sure have less experience. So you have all of the science of leadership down, then you need to develop the art. And that's where they pair you with a senior non-commissioned officer to teach you. And yes, you're in charge, but at the same time, you're way more in a learning role than you are in a leadership role for those, for those first few weeks until you kind of get your, your head on straight. I love that. You know, it's interesting that the military is going to invest so much in growing their leaders. But in education, a lot of times we don't do that. You know, it's it's very much left to the individual, you know, whether that's, you know, we go off on our own and, you know, earn our master's degree in ed leadership or something along those lines. Or, you know, in some cases, people will, you know, hire their own coach to support them in the process as, you know, they have stepped into an assistant principal job or a principal job or whatever the case may be. Um, what uh, w- what would you say is one of the most transferable pieces from from the the lessons that you learned or or the leadership elements in your military background that now carries over into what you do, you know, in your classroom and in your school and on the football field? I think the biggest part would be how to plan things out. And how to break complex operations or complex situations into smaller chunks that you can you can plan out a small chunk. And I I'll use our football banquet as an example because that is a a big thing that we kind of started last year. We go to the local venue where they usually do weddings and and whatnot. So we have a really nice meal and we have you know, one of the seniors gives a speech, all the coaches get to talk. But with that comes a lot of logistical issues with getting parents out there, getting invitations out, trying to get an accurate headcount for the caterer, and then arranging all the audiovisual equipment and in the agenda and all of those things. And I think coming from the military background, I think that is the most transferable. Um, And I see that a lot on the football field as well, whether that's planning out a a practice or a walkthrough. Uh, This year we had several road trips. We only had two games at home at the JV level. So every road trip is kind of its own mini operation in that. Are you on a charter bus or are you on a school bus? What's the visiting locker room look like? Where do you get the water? Uh, Is there a place for our kids to take a shower? Do they have a whiteboard or a chalkboard? which you'd be amazed how many chalkboards are still out there. So in my little bag, I always carry some chalk just in case. But I think how to plan things out has been the most valuable. That's interesting. And I just have to chase it for a second. That amazed me back when I was coaching and and I stopped coaching 15 years ago that there were still chalkboards that, (laughs) that we would run into. It's like, 
really? Are you kidding me? So, I mean, it's almost like, yeah, they're hazing you with the vi- with the visitor locker room by making sure that you have to use chalk or something like that. Um, so, so let, let's take it now into your classroom. I mean, obviously you're working with middle school kids and what are some things you're doing with your students to kind of instill some leadership principles in them and giving them opportunities to grow a little bit as leaders, even, even at the middle school level? Well, it, the way I have my tables set up, there's four to a table and generally I'll give them numbers right on their table. Right now they're ripped off because they're eighth graders and that's what they do. Uh, but I'll, you know, give the number like, Hey, if you're number one at your table, I need you to be the lead on this or even simple things like come up and grab the worksheets for what we're doing here. Or you're the one who's going, you know, number twos, you're going to be the one to share with your group. Um, so sometimes it's at just at the small group. Other times it's just leading themselves. Um, something I've been trying to get them to do is they'll come up to me with a problem. I don't, I don't know what the assignment is okay, well, let's, how, how could we figure out what, what it is? Well, I'm asking you, that's like, okay, that, that is a technique, but let's, who else could you ask? Where else could you look? And all of my assignments end up on Google classroom, you know, so something as simple as getting that student to just take a step back, kind of see the whole picture. Hey, I have three other table mates that probably know what the assignment was because they were all here yesterday. Hey, it's probably on Google classroom. So there's a lot of different steps I can take just to lead myself through this situation instead of relying on the adult in the room. Hey, leaders, let me tell you a story. It's the story of my first year as a high school principal. I will tell you, I was exhausted, I was overwhelmed, and I lived my life breathing through a snorkel because my head was so far underwater. And I didn't think there was a way out. I mean, I was a mess. The 40 feet that it was to move from my assistant principal office down to the principal's office might as well have been a 400-mile trek. I was just absolutely putting in crazy hours. I was trying to do it all. Like, trying to answer everybody's question. Thinking I always had to be the smartest one in the room, and I had to solve everybody's problems. We're talking severe Superman syndrome here, folks. Every day was fire after fire, and all I accomplished was putting out fires. Forget about leading. I was simply trying to survive. Now, after working with a leadership coach, I really was able to get things figured out, get my head from being a firefighter to actually being a leader. But it took work, and I discovered some things that really mattered. And that's why I've created Walk in Your Purpose, Five Mindsets to Level Up Your Leadership, a free ebook that you can have today at no cost. Just go to walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook to download your free copy. Again, that's walkinyourpurpose.roadtoawesome.net backslash ebook. It's time for you to walk in your purpose, to find joy in your job, and to be the leader you always knew that you could be. So now, John, let's take that from your work in a middle school classroom to now a completely different type of classroom environment when you head down into Wisconsin and you are now 
back to being Major Van Dusen and doing the work that you do with uh, with the military instruction. Uh, talk a little bit about what that is. I mean, what what types of of work are you doing there? Who are you working with? And and what are some you know some some leadership elements that maybe are some things that that are transferable across to to what our listeners are doing. Sure. So uh, this cl- this course, it's a three-phased course that army majors go through and it's the it's their professional military education that they need for the next step which is lieutenant colonel. So they do and this is for strictly army reserves and national guard active duty they go to Fort Leavenworth for a year and they get this whole thing that we do in three phases. So they do 2 weeks in the summer which is phase 1 and then they do a 8 month one weekend a month October through May, phase two, and then phase three is another two weeks in the summer. And it starts off the very first two classes we teach are critical and creative thinking to get these now field grade officers. There's company grade, which is captain and below, and then field grade major and above to start thinking critically and creatively because um, another lesson that comes out of the military and probably everywhere else is you cannot do your new job how you did your old job. You just can't. So if you were a company commander before and you were leading 150 troops and that that is what you're doing when you move on to that battalion staff and now you maybe you're not leading anything, maybe you're just a part of a staff, but you cannot approach it in the same manner. So when they when they come there's several different blocks. Phase 2 is is kind of the most fun for me because you see them for eight months and you see them progress. And uh, there's a, there's different blocks. Think of like college where you'd take history 101, history 102. So I teach the history block being a history teacher. That's the one they, uh, they automatically gave me, which is fine. Um, but there's also a leadership block, which is a lot of fun. Uh, the instructor I'm working with right now is a fantastic leader, former Black Hawk pilot, just an amazing, amazing person. Um, so he teaches the leadership block uh, there's a doctrine block where we go through army doctrine because now as field grade officers, we can't rely on what we know works. We have to rely on the doctrine until the doctrine changes. And then there's also a force protection block where our students start to learn how the army actually operates and how it works at the higher level. How do I get this bucket of money to buy this machine gun? Like, how does that work? What does that look like? So they get a taste of all of that as they go through and um, transferable, the leadership stuff is very transferable. I use a lot of that in my yeah. football coaching and in my classroom stuff. Um, and the history block, too. I have fun with my middle school students because we just talked about Napoleon with my army students. And I come here and we talk just for like half a day on the French Revolution. So it was kind of neat. I showed them some of the slides like, hey, this is what, you know, my, my army officers are learning. So they, they kind of get a kick out of that. I bet. You know, so talk about transferable. I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, my steps through assistant principal, principal superintendent, and the the blocks that you just talked about in a lot of ways are very similar to what, you know, those master's level or even doctorate level courses are like on on the, you know, educational leader side. You know, you talk about learning doctrine and in a lot of ways that so at the district level, I mean that's learning policy and understanding, you know, how policy governs how you make decisions. Um, 
you know, so many pieces there that are transferable. But the one that I want to come back to, and I want to dig a little deeper, um, critical and creative thinking. Never had a course in that. Um, certainly, you know, as, as a school and then as a district leader, I had many opportunities to, you know, make some difficult decisions to, you know, to have to really process things through. But it was never never something taught. It's something you mentioned earlier in the podcast about, you know, the difference between the art and the science of leadership. Um, never really was given anything around that. It's it's learned experience. So how, I know it's not the course you teach, but how does the Army teach creative and critical thinking or decision-making? So the short answer is with a PowerPoint, right? Um, no, but it's, uh, death by PowerPoint. (laughs) Exactly. Actually, the army has really gotten a lot better at getting away from that, which I am super thrilled for. And I take a lot of my middle school strategies and bring them, bring them to the army. Uh, but a, a big thing that, that we're trying to do right off the bat is, is break them of, even though we're going to learn doctrine, you need to, to figure out new and creative ways to use these tools that you have. And, you know, we, we start off with, with some, with some case studies and talking about, um, how are different, different ways we could do this. And it's, it's very unarmy right off the bat, you know, cause we're not used to that. It's used to give me a checklist, give me the 10 step yeah. procedure and I'll execute. And, and it's really, it's really kind of fun. Um, and then, I think that kind of leads back to the, I'm the leader. That doesn't mean I know everything. So how do you get those creative ideas out of other people? And I know coming out of Iraq, several of our tactics, techniques, and procedures came from lower enlisted folks. You know, the, the E4 on the ground, who said, Hey, sir, we should probably try to do it this way because this always happens. So, you know, there's the, the humility of leadership is, just because I'm in charge, does that mean I'm not going to listen to this idea, which may in fact save lives? And I, I think just being able to, you know, we always say think outside of the box, um, but that is that is true, and it's it's tough to do, especially when you're used to that checklist procedure, step by step instruction. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting to to just kind of take them and just basically shove them outside of the mold and say, okay, now you got to start thinking differently. I really, I think that's really awesome. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit. So, um, part of being in this role that you have, um, was you got to recently participate in the instructor of the year competition, which by the way, for folks who uh, don't know, you actually won the instructor of the year competition. So number one, congratulations again. And two, Tell us about this. I mean, this, I, you know, I've read about it. You shared some more information with me, but our listeners, I know they're going to enjoy hearing about this. So talk about how this, how this all goes down and ultimately, you know, how you felt about ultimately being named instructor of the year. Yeah. So the way our organization is broke up is my battalion teaches everything from the Mississippi river West. So I know we had talked last year, my phase two instruction last cycle, so 2021, 2022, actually brought me out to Seattle once a month, which was 
crazy to think, but I went out there for a weekend and taught. So everything west of the Mississippi. So I was nominated by my fellow instructors to my direct supervisor to partake in the battalion level competition. So I went up, I think it was seven or eight different instructors, uh, again, that just teach west of the Mississippi. And I, and I won that one. I had to go to Fort Leavenworth. And the whole competition consists of a one-page essay. You have to teach a 20-minute class on, on a topic of your choosing. And then there's a formal board, which anybody in the Army, when I say board, will understand what that is. But for listeners who aren't familiar, all of the senior people, all the judges, if you will, sit at a table. It's very intimidating. And you walk into the center of a room where generally there's just one chair, sometimes not, sometimes you have to stand there and you have to report to the board. And then you sit down at the position of attention. And then each board member asks you a set of questions. Um, so the battalion level competition, I won that. And that was just an essay and a 20 minute class uh, down at Fort Leavenworth. And then I got um, I think it was just, we call it a paper board where they just looked at all the score score sheets and that got me through the brigade competition. So that took me to the 80th training command, which is the army school system. They, uh, they teach all different kinds of things throughout the army and they have two categories, officer and enlisted. So I went up against another officer and very formal, very army type environment where I had seven mock students. So they just, I, I think they just grabbed people like out of the office or maybe they said, Hey, we know you're supposed to have the day <laughs> off, you know, come in and we'll give you next Friday off. I'm not sure, but I just had seven, yeah. seven army people I've never met before, a couple enlisted and a couple officers. And they said, go. So I taught my 20 minute class to a bunch of people I never met, which is interesting uh, in an auditorium type of setting. And then the judges were two tiers above that. And they have a, a checklist with a score sheet. So they went through that. And then the next day, I had to go through that board. And the board was about our the doctrine on how we teach Army things, all the way from how we're supposed to take attendance to how lesson plans are built to different types of instruction. And walked in. And this is an odd part. And again, military people know I outranked everybody on the board. Everybody on the board was a, was, an, <laughs> was a master sergeant or a sergeant major. So when you approach the board, you're supposed to salute. So when when we got to the board, actually the board president, a sergeant major from the 80th, uh, actually saluted me, which was fine. I mean, it's everything was strictly professional, um, and it was great. And then every board member asked me two questions, and then I I stood up, saluted again, and and walked out. So. Based on those two events, as as well as the essay that I wrote, um, they selected me as the instructor of the year for the 80th task. And then I thought the neatest part from that is once I was announced as the winner, I had to teach my class again to the other candidates this time, and they videotaped it. And that video is what goes forward to the uh, U.S. Army Reserve Command. So there is another step possibly. I'm not sure if it goes from there, if it goes all the way to TRADOC, which is training and doctrine command, but there's at least one more step in this process, which I thought it was really cool that they videoed it and sent it. So so to me, first off, that is super intense, uh, but also I think I think it's really great because it's still I mean it still remains focused on on the teaching element. 
you know, that's so deep around, you know, like you said, you know, the doctrines around how lesson plans are done and how, you know, how ultimately lessons are delivered and, and that type of thing. It's like, it's like a formal observation on steroids, you know, yes. as, as you were talking about that, that's just what it made me think of, you know, I mean, imagine, imagine after you do your formal observation and your principal gives you your feedback or your AP, whoever does it, then having to go stand in front of the school board and have them ask you questions or something like yep. that, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what that made me think of. That's, that's pretty intense. Uh, but again, that's, that's super cool that, 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 that happened. And I'm sure that was a great learning experience for you. Um, definitely something that, uh, that you can take a lot of pride in and, you know, and continue it, to celebrate that. It really was. And when I, when I taught the initial 20 minute class, the mock students leave and then you walk up in front of the judges and they all give you feedback and, which was which was pretty difficult. Um, there's some terminology things that were different just in our teaching styles between the officer and the enlisted side. But when I walked out of there, I thought there's no way there's no way I won because they were <laughs> they were very critical as they should be. But then when I taught it for the for the film, I had implemented all those little critiques that they made. And as as I'm teaching the class, I can look up and some of the some of the judges that were the hardest on me were smiling the biggest because they saw all those little things that they had pointed out I had fixed. So that was really cool. It was a great, it was a great Oh, that's awesome. Overall. I love that. I love that so much. So, so let's get into the book here a little bit. So lesson one um, has been out for, man, it's probably a little over a year now at this point, right? Yeah. 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 It's just amazing. Just amazing. It's such a great book. Um, you know, when you and I've had our very first conversation about the book, it is published by Road to Awesome. So, you know, just to be just to be transparent there, folks, uh, we were the publisher for for John's book. Um, it was so interesting the way that that you had kind of composed this book. And I'll have you talk about it a little bit, but but I want to set it up with this. The book is titled Lesson One, and every lesson in the book is lesson one. And when I first saw the manuscript, I was like, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm struggling here. I don't get it. And then you and I had a conversation about it and I immediately fell in love with the idea. So talk a little bit about that, you know, you know, share some of your, your favorite parts of the book, uh, that kind of thing. Let's, let's talk lesson one for a little bit. Sure. So it's, it started out as a word document on my computer. And when I was working full time for the Michigan army national guard, I, it was a domestic response mission. So I'd hang out with all these different organizations, FEMA and fire departments and police departments. And every time I'd come back, I'd just open up that document and kind of make a little list of things I liked, things I didn't like about, Hey, that, that was a really cool way they ran the meeting, or I really liked how they presented this material so everybody could understand. And then basically when we went into lockdown, I had a couple other friends that had published books and I looked into it. I was like, holy smokes, I have 12 pages of just these little rants. Um, so as I started putting it kind of in in order and fleshing all those things out, I I was trying to build the table of contents so that it made sense. And I just couldn't do it. It was incredibly frustrating because I would say, well, in the army, this would make sense. You know, this would be the most important on the way down. And then, well, gee whiz, if you're teaching, you know, third graders, that the first one doesn't make any sense at all. You know, and then my football coaching brain would kick in. So I kind of just toyed, the, toyed with the idea of, well, what if they're all lesson one? And then I almost as a joke did that 
And then I started looking at it. I was like, no, that actually makes perfect sense because depending on what you're doing throughout your day, because most of us don't do just one thing, right? Any one of these could be your lesson one. So for instance, I woke up this morning and went to the gym. That was lesson one, taking care of yourself, right? And then I had to get my son breakfast because he's with me, but I had to go to school. So there's a different lesson coming into it. Uh, coming into the classroom and it's a half day before break. So there's a ton of kids that are are absent, especially up here in the UP. It's hunting season. So we've had kids that have been gone since, you know, last Thursday. Uh, so all of those different lessons, depending on what you're doing, could jump to the forefront of being your lesson one. I love that. And, you know, it was it was so interesting. I, I remember as we were compiling the book, you know, even even kind of in my own mind thinking, well, let's see, you know, does it make sense to move this? Or what if we? No, no, I, I think, yeah, it, it, like every day, I would look at it a little bit differently. And, and I found, I found so much value. And there's so many great lessons uh, that are in there. And you've definitely shared a couple of those. What are what are like, and maybe you don't have a favorite, but what are a couple of your favorites. And I will tell you from the beginning, um, and maybe I'll steal one of yours, but one of my favorites in there is Embrace the Suck. And and part of why I love that one so much, I remember we had this conversation about, hey, um, I know that's military jargon, but some people won't get that. And so so you actually have, you know, we, we created those pieces where it's like you kind of translate military into non-military language. And you actually did it a few minutes ago as you were talking about a board. You know, you're like, hey, anybody in the military will get this, but for those of you who aren't. Sure. So I just loved Embrace the Suck because once once it really made a lot of sense, it's like, oh my God, we all have to do that one. Um, so what what I don't know, give me give me one or two that you just are like, I just love those and I use them all the time. Well, I think the the very first one is be there. And it just talks about when you are the leader, you can't lead effectively from your desk. So, and and I talk in there about there there is a fine line because as the leader, there is things that you need to sit at your desk to accomplish. But there's also things that you need to be out and about with your people in order to accomplish. And the fine balance comes with, if you're always away from your desk doing the people thing, that's that's great for your people, but now all of the responsibilities at your desk, you know, somebody else either has to pick up the slack on that or they just don't get done or they're done poorly. And then the flip side is if you spend too much time at your desk, all of your paperwork will be immaculate, but nobody's gonna know who you are. So I think number one is be there. And that kind of goes with embrace the suck you know, from the army point of view, if if your troops are out in the mud and the rain and and pulling security at two in the morning and you're not there, they're gonna notice. You know, and again, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be there the whole time. You don't have to be there for for all of it, but you do need to be present with your with your people. I love it. I love it. So where can people find this book? So the easiest way, honestly, is to go to my website, johnvandusen.com. And I have more than just the book on there. If you're a teacher or a coach, there's a bunch of things on there. I do short little YouTube videos for my history class. I have a blog. So if you just go to johnvandusen.com, there's there's a bunch of things on there that you can check out. And the book is is front and center, and I can send you an autographed copy. Absolutely. It is, folks, it is an absolutely incredible read. Definitely one that if you haven't checked out, you need to check out. So, of course, John, the uh, the podcast is 
leading into leadership. So I'll ask you the same final question that I ask everybody here on the show. Right now, John, what are you doing to lean into leadership? So it's with the football team. And I just had a conversation yesterday with a gentleman who is doing it and it's been going very well, but I want to have some sort of mental training, leadership training for our football team, which takes those young men who are, are about to go off into the world, whether that's the military, college, a job, and work on their mental toughness, their ability to express their emotions and feelings, their ability to own their mistakes, uh, you know, without placing blame on others. And that's kind of the next project. I'm not doing it right now, but it's definitely in its infancy. And uh, I'm waiting on some materials from this gentleman, again, a football coach, Division One school down in Wisconsin, um, who, who's sending this up. And he actually teaches a leadership class in his high school. So 50 minutes a day for a semester, which is really cool. So I had a great conversation with him yesterday. And that is that is my next my next endeavor is leadership class for my football football team. I love it. You know, it's it's something that we don't don't often think about, you know, and, and you really went kind of right at that mental resiliency and being able to really, you know, be tough, not just physically, but but mentally and be able to to kind of help yourself through those difficult situations. So um, I just love that, man. It's so great. I will put um, all of John's contact information and how to get to his website, all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, John, thank you so much for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership, man. This has absolutely been a blast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Fantastic conversation there with John Van Dusen. Make sure you check out his book and then also uh, maybe go hit his website. The link for both of those are found right there in the show notes for you. And now it's time for a pep talk. Earlier this week in the blog, I talked about some work that myself and a large crew of students and staff had done while I was a high school principal. And the idea was really updating the look of our school. You know, as a dance dad, I spent a lot of time in schools all over the western half of the United States on weekends going and watching my daughter dance at different competitions. And, you know, you can only listen to Rock and Robin so many times before your ears start to bleed. So I would go out and I would wander the halls of these schools. I'm a bit of a school building junkie. I love to see what people have done to decorate and to help tell their stories. And yes, I said it, help tell their stories. You see, the walls of our schools do a great job of telling what we care about. They tell the stories of our past, of our present, and of our aspirations. But my school didn't do a very good job of that. And that was on me. I mean, obviously, when you would walk in the front door of our school, it was just nothing but tan brick. I mean, I think the story it said was, hey, we like tan brick. We got a great deal on it back in 1969 when this building was built. But we had to do something different. We had to make sure we told our story. Now, our kids and some of our staff had seen some different murals that people had posted, whether it was on Facebook or at a different conference or or something like that that we had attended. And some of them wanted to copy some of those murals. But we talked about that and we said, you know, we don't want to tell other people's stories. We want to tell our stories. So we set out creating murals that genuinely told the story of our school. 
If you see really cool things on social media, whether you're in Pinterest or Facebook or on Twitter or wherever the case may be, you see something cool, don't just run into your school and put that on your wall. That's not your story. Make sure the work you're doing when you're putting those murals and all those other cool things on the walls, make sure you're telling your stories. If you're just telling somebody else's story, folks, it's just paint. Make sure it's meaningful. Make sure it tells the story of your kids, of your school, and your community. And you cannot go wrong. Thank you for joining me this week on Leaning Into Leadership. I hope you have an absolutely incredible Road to Awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.